Hello, and welcome everybody to another episode of Capsule Production Podcast. Today, I will be your host, Joven Lazo. Unfortunately, Sean is not with us because Sean has more important things to do than uh, apparently podcasts with me. So if um, anybody that's listening, I would love for you guys to go on Sean's Instagram and just put the upside down emoji so we can just mess with Sean. But um, <laughs> um, Sean's busy, so that's why he can't come on today. But um, so it'll just be me. And I have two women that I'm going to be interviewing today. And I'm super, super, super proud of both of them for the accomplishment that they that they just recently accomplished. And that is that they just started a new student org at the University of Florida College of Pharmacy Orlando campus. So that the name of that student org is Pedia Gator. And with that said, I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hey, I'm Emily, and I am a 3PD at the Orlando campus. Um, and yes, thank you so much, Jovan. We're super excited for Pedia Gator. Of course. No yeah, and hi, I am Sophie. I'm also a 3PD um, at the Orlando campus. Um, and thank you for having us. I'm really excited to be on this podcast today. No, no. Thank you guys for, for coming on. I know it was kind of short notice when I, when I hit you ladies up and you were willing to, to be flexible with your time and be able to meet with us uh, at such a late time of the day. And um, also, just in case anybody's wondering, they are not related because they do have the same last name. So Emily Bennett and <laughs> Bennett, no relation. We often we joke that, that we are, though. <laughs> you tell people you are? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, okay, so everybody's listening, they are related. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so to start off, Pedia Gator. So what is Pedia Gator? Um, I'll just start us off. Uh, so Pedia Gator is a student-run organization. It is currently already on the Gainesville and Jacksonville campuses of the University of Florida. And so as a student organization, it really hones in on the pediatric field within pharmacy. Um, it's not often seen within the didactic coursework. We do hit on it occasionally, especially with over-the-counter products. And uh, there are a list available to learn about it. However, we just noticed that there was a little bit of gap in that possible learning, especially with how many students we've been seeing lately coming in with that curiosity for Pediagator and just wondering why our campus hadn't had it. So Pediagator is just that opportunity for us to bridge the gap between pediatric practice and potentially interested pharmacy students. Okay, so with that being said, you're saying that it was already at Jacksonville and Gainesville. Do you know why it hasn't been at the Orlando campus? Yeah, I can touch on that a little bit. Um, actually, it's kind of funny because my career coach back in the day was the person who actually started the entire Pediagators organization. Um, okay. So it's been definitely rewarding to kind of follow in her footsteps in that sense. Um, but yeah, so I think it started off um, on the Gainesville campus and then um, it did progress out into the Jacksonville campus. And I think the reason why it wasn't necessarily on the Orlando campus is because within um, another organization, APHA, we do have uh, pediatric awareness, mm. which is a local patient care project. Um, and I think at the time there maybe wasn't enough interest, um, by the students in pediatric pharmacy Okay. And so we kind of just stuck with that local patient care project for the time being. 
Um, but I think Emily and I, over time, have started to see a lot of students who are really, really interested um, in pediatric pharmacy, even if it's just a baseline level, right? They just don't know enough, but they want to know more. Or there are some people who come into pharmacy school, like Emily and I, who know that pediatric pharmacy is what we want to be doing with our lives. And so we really thought, like, this is maybe the time where we should think about expanding that and bring it to the Orlando campus, even if it was just for a couple of people. You know, we anticipated, we said we would be happy if it helped five people yeah. learn more about pediatric pharmacy. Um, but the response was overwhelming. And so, you know, we really just thought if there's a time to do it, it's now. And so mm-hmm. we really just kind of jumped on the opportunity as soon as we could. Do you know, do you know how many people showed interest? The numbers? Yeah, I think we had, um, was it over 100, Emily, people wow. who said that they would be interested in having that on our campus. That is incredible. Um, and so we were really excited yeah. because I think we were really nervous at first that enough people wouldn't be interested. But mm-hmm. like we said, even if it was just a handful of people that we could help, um, that was worth it for us. That's honestly incredible. And I love that you said that because that's kind of how Sean and I felt about the podcast. Like, we don't care if it's just one person that listens, but as long as we can impact one person and help them along their career, that means the world to us. And it's same thing, same mentality. It's just, you know, creating content, creating something where people who don't know much about pharmacy, whether it's pre-pharmacy students or even pharmacists or um, pharmacy students who want to learn about other professions and other careers, like that's why we're doing this. And I think that's super awesome. You guys are doing that on the campus level, helping out everybody as far as current students, current pharmacy students and whether or not to see if peds is something that they're interested in because as we all know we don't really get much exposure in class so i think that's super super cool yeah that's awesome yeah and just like you said following what you're passionate about and Mm -hmm. it doesn't like i know a lot of work technically went into starting this organization but i think sophie would agree with me in that we said it doesn't feel like a lot of work because it's something we're passionate about like putting this sort of even putting together the constitution felt more uh, engaging than you know other things that we had on our plate you know it was just it was just yeah. something that we enjoyed doing because because we love it and that, absolutely yeah. and I could tell just by listening like, I could tell how passionate both of you guys are and I think that's super awesome so kind of touching on that passion how did you like both of you get involved in peds what made that become a interest for you um I can go ahead and start so okay Fun fact, I had actually never, like sometimes people who go into pediatric pharmacy or pediatric medicine have some sort of story where they were a child in the hospital. Um, And that's not really my story. However, I have worked with children since I was very, very young, even since middle school. um, My first job was a babysitter. And then I volunteered at my church in the children's department. Mm -hmm. And I just had always had connections with kids. I just really appreciated who they were and how raw and authentic they were. And the fact that kids are truly superheroes. You know, I saw kids um, who would sometimes come through our uh, children's department. And um, many of them sometimes had special needs. And I actually always got to work with those kids. So I have a real soft spot in my heart. One of the students that I got to work with, he was actually nonverbal. And he taught me so much about um, just how to communicate other than words. And so it was so crazy how that later came into my pharmacy experience because I, as part of my kippy, was helping counsel patients over the phone. And the woman had told me that 
she didn't want to start her daughter on the statin that she hadn't picked up because she's nonverbal. Um, she heard that it could cause muscle cramps. And I was like, well, actually, you know, if she takes it and you notice her rubbing her legs or feeling like she's messing with her legs, then that could indicate to you that she's having some pain there. And she had never kind of thought about it like that. Um, And I was just because of experiences that I had with children. So I think that they teach us so much. And I have often contemplated, you know, I loved cardiology in school and I thought, you know, maybe I could do this with adults. And then I just see pediatric patients and I think, no, I actually, I want to do peds. I still want to do peds. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know a lot of people have trouble thinking about working with children. One, because the dosing, I I don't mind doing the math, Um, but also they wonder if they can handle it. (laughs) Yeah, the math. That's why I don't want to do peds, but um, yeah, sorry. Um, But some people want it's too hard to, you know, watch kids who are sick. Um, But I think I've been able to work with them and volunteer with them so far. And if anything, those are the ones that, you know, I really want to help the most because kids that come in sick, it's not because of something they did. It's not a lifestyle they had for 30 years. It's because Mm -hmm. they really um, have something that is genetically happening in their DNA. Something is fighting within them. And so I just feel like they need an advocate in their corner. And I've just always wanted to be that person. Okay. And um, Sophie, before you answer, I just wanted to to say one thing. Emily, I think you touched on something that's very, very important and often a forgotten factor when it comes to patients is their nonverbal cues. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we take things that they say as 100%, but we also have to pay attention to nonverbal cues. They could be very um, telling, you know, if if you're looking at a patient, if their hands are shaking, um, is that maybe something where it's Parkinson's or are they both shaking where it's drug-induced Parkinsonism? So different things like that, like paying attention to the nonverbal cues is very important when dealing with patients. So I'm, su- I'm glad that you saw that. I think that's, that's very impressive that you kind of were able to counsel um, the mother on that when it comes to her daughter and how to be able to look for side effects in, in her child um, on any new medications they're taking. So that way they don't just avoid all medications altogether. And then, Absolutely. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. And then second thing, the NICU, um, because I know you're kind of talking about um, kids. Is NICU something you're interested in or do you have like a, a specific position in PEDS that you're interested in? So I'm super curious to find out. Um, okay. I actually am Hello, thrilled to say, <laughs> I'm thrilled to say I get to do my um, elective rotation in pediatrics at Nemours. It's actually part of my block rotation. And so okay. there I'll get to kind of go around all these different pediatric areas. And so I'm really to see if that's something that I'm going to enjoy. Um, but I don't discount the fact that there's also ambulatory care within pediatrics, which sounds so incredibly niched and it definitely is. And there may not even be a position existing. So I'm not unaware of the fact that if I really want something, I may be having to create the position of my dreams. So we'll just see where that takes me. Okay. And there's still plenty of time. So I was just wondering if something you uh, wanted to speak it into existence here on the podcast. That's all. Um, (laughs) So Sophie, what about you? What kind of got you interested in peds? Yeah, I think Emily and I, aside from sharing the same last name, we we actually have a lot (laughs) in common. And one of those things is I also didn't have this 
experience as a kid that, you know, made me think pediatrics is, is what I need to be doing. But I, like Emily, have spent my entire life around kids. Um, you know, my parents also, <laughs> they always told me that they knew that I would want to be doing something in pediatrics because even when I was a kid, I was always looking out for other kids around me. And so I think that that's, it's really, you know, awesome to hear that from them because that is a passion of mine. Um, but for me, you know, the easy answer is always to say, well, I love kids, but for pediatric pharmacy, to me, it's a little bit multifaceted. And in one sense, you have children who are so very different from adults and they're still growing and learning. And as a pharmacist, you can have a very direct impact on how they evolve to perceive medical care and treatment. And so, you know, children tend to mimic the actions of others. And so if we can present uh, pharmacy and medicine in a way that's fun and engaging, then that's how they will see it. And that's how they will learn to grow and expose other people to it as well. And so I think that's a really important factor um, when we think about pediatric pharmacy. And the other side of that is not only the children, but also engaging the parents. And so there's this like really cool statistic that I heard um, that said, every eight minutes, a child medication error occurs. And when you think about it, the children aren't the ones handling their medications. It's mostly the parents. And so you really have a big impact as a pharmacist to educate the patient, the patients and the parents. And essentially you can be the reason why those medication errors stop occurring. And so I think that really pediatric pharmacy, even though there's not, um, you know, a well, a huge knowledge base as there are for adults, you really can close that gap. And so that's what makes me really excited about pediatric pharmacy. Definitely. Definitely. I, it's, it's very touching to hear these stories and, and the motivation behind people to pursue a profession. Cause that, I think that kind of helps um, whether it's someone that's interviewing you for a position or for a residency or someone that is just listening to a story that motivates you to want to work hard at what you do and kind of have you reconnect with why you want to be in that profession. So I think that's awesome that you guys have some very touching stories and a true passion for, for this profession. Um, so that's, that's awesome to hear you guys say that. And yeah, I think I want to add on to that real quick too. And I think Sophie would agree with me in that um, as crazy as it sounds like kids they're difficult in the sense of dosing and making sure that, you know, everything is perfectly correct for their smaller bodies. And, you mm -hmm. know, it's not just a smaller body. There's a bunch of um, kinetic differences. You know, yeah. there, there's a ton that goes on in it. Um, yeah, but also, people. I just think the soul and the courage of kids is so mm -hmm. different. You know, they want to help themselves. They want to get better. And you can honestly, if you hang an IV, I saw that there was a hospital that used to encase their um, chemo bags with superhero decorations and they would tell them that it was superhero juice. And they just feed into this and they truly believe it. And they just have so much undeniable courage that I think you can't help but want to be their cheerleader. And in that regard, I think you're easier because they're there alongside you. Um, and they're really soaking in every word and counseling point you give to them. Absolutely. Do you know if they uh, if they included Batman 
as one of those superheroes? <laughs> I would assume so. They had so many. I don't know. There's there's odd debate. Some people say he's not. So he's my favorite superhero. So that's why I'm asking. I would have loved to see that if I was a kid. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Should have made that work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So back to Pediagator. So you brought it to Orlando. Um, you two spearheaded that movement. Now over a hundred people were interested. So tell me about from like day one, what was the idea? Like who came up with the idea to bring it here? How long did it take? Like that whole process, I want the whole timeline to, to now. So this is actually really interesting because I think Emily and I both individually had this thought during our first year. Correct me if I'm wrong, Em. <laughs> correct. So correct. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I remember like sitting at my my team, my first year team thinking like, oh, we don't have a PD gators here. I said, it would be awesome if I could, you know, get that here. Um, and then it didn't actually happen until the beginning of our third year where we, Emily and I were at work, we were talking about it and we were just like, why haven't we done this yet? And so we really didn't have a good answer as to why we haven't done it. And so from there we were like, let's talk to the right people. Like, let's see who we need to reach out to before, you know, I think Emily and I had both received a little bit of pushback back in the day, um, you know, of people maybe thinking that it wasn't necessary to have it on campus or that there wouldn't be enough interest. But Emily and I were just, we were, you know, we tunnel vision. We were like, let's just do it. Even if they say no, we can say we tried. Um, And so from there we, yeah, we talked to everybody we needed to talk to. And then we worked, you know, our behinds off to get this thing going. And um, I'll let her kind of go into more of the, the intricate details. But yeah, that's essentially how it started. Yeah, so crazy that we literally came from the same place. And with that pushback, I mean, we, and it wasn't, it wasn't ever you know, mean pushback. It was just, you know, we don't think we need this. We don't Mm -hmm. think there's an interest for it. It was just kind of the unknown. And that was really what we were stepping into. Um, But, But, you know, people like before. Can I cut you off real quick? Um, Oh, yeah. That's something that that I feel tells, is it like a good telltale sign if you have a good idea. When you get pushback, when people are like, no, that means you're doing something creative and innovative that is going to like kind of shock the system and so i usually feel when Mm. somebody does something like that like you should keep going for it but go ahead oh no that's that's actually great because really i do think that that's the truth because i think people get stuck in this mentality of this is the way it's always been done or this is what we already have why do you need more and there is you know sometimes you got to be careful of like sometimes too much more is too much so you really have to weigh the pros and cons i mean especially in orlando we have so many brilliant organizations uh to be involved in and it really takes over the calendar i mean we've had calendar issues before when it came to scheduling student events and um i think we really found a, a good balance this year especially with things being online i cannot just phase and the organizations that we get to work with um, because everyone really came together and put on phenomenal programming for a year of COVID-19. So that's just like a little side. But then when it came to 
uh, us getting that pushback, people saying, you know, it's not gonna happen. People have tried this before. People have tried this before. I think also Sophie and I just fell into the perfect place. Like, yes, we worked hard, but also there were people that worked hard trying to do this before us that laid the pathway. You know, the yeah. first person comes and says, oh, we want to do PD gator uh no not right now you know if we were the fourth people down the line to ask they probably said wait a minute hold on this keeps coming up we might need to say yes this time so i just want whoever's listening to also know that no matter how many times you've heard that they've said no before you might just be the person they say yes to definitely so yeah then we um had to go through the whole process of the constitution and all that kind of fun stuff that I'm not sure if you want us to get into, but just, just I mean, let me know. Cause I'll go into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That might not be the fun stuff, but uh, I'm interested. So everybody listening, I'm sorry if, if you have to listen to this too, but I'm interested. So you had to create a constitution. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that part was actually not too bad because we were able to, take the existing constitutions from the Jacksonville and the mm-hmm. Gainesville campus okay. and kind of turn it into our own constitution. I mean, obviously every constitution and every organization has to have fundamental parts that stay the same. Um, but, you know, Emily and I were really able to individualize it to meet the needs of what we thought our organization would be. Um, and so, you know, yeah, it's kind of tedious stuff, but I think we had a lot of fun with it. Absolutely. And I did forget to mention that I think um, because we knew we were fighting an uphill battle, I make it sound so dramatic. It was not this dramatic, but because <laughs> no, we I love, no, I love that. I love it. Make it dramatic. Make it seem like this in was heads, the, like the hardest challenge you ever had in pharmacy school and sell it like <laughs> you overcame it because you guys just were, you guys were so resilient. You never gave up, just motivated. I love it. That's, that's what we're telling people. That's what you're telling yeah. them in residency interviews. Oh, heck yeah. This is, this is my residency interview. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but so we knew that we had to do something unique. And so previous organizations, anytime an organization needed to start on campus, you needed to put together a list of people who were interested in the organization so they could see what the focus was. And you had to um, prepare, I guess, just kind of like a statement of why you want to be on campus. Well, Sophie and I were like, no, we're going to create an entire proposal. So this proposal, it, like organizations did not do this previously to start, but we okay. included um, background information because actually Pediagator, we are also tied to a national organization, actually, which is part of the reason that we found it so beneficial to bring it here instead of having it be a committee within another organization because we specifically mm-hmm. can associate with the Pediatric Pharmacy Association, so the PPA. Um, and that wide organization gives us more access to, um, they have specific residency showcases, they have their own research presenting, like they have all these phenomenal resources. So um, we had an entire page in our proposal about what they have to offer, how students can be a member with them and get a discount and um, how it could, you know, further their education and and further their experience by being a member of that. We also included um, potential events. We included all the positions we wanted to have. We basically formed the constitution without being approved to do a constitution yet. Like we included so much in there. We even got um, letters of support. We got letters of support from uh, even 
um, researchers within Nemours. So we, oh. we really went all out for this thing and sent it to the dean. And she was like, yeah, you guys are good to go. So you got approved. <laughs> nice. So that was, that was really cool. So that's, that's basically the process is to create a constitution, um, probably get some letters of support. You get, to create, go ahead. you get to create actually the official constitution is after they say yes. So yeah. they have to see the interest, see your purpose. They okay. say yes. Then you create the, the dean from pharmacy says yes. And yeah. then you create the constitution to officially be the organization within the university because we create constitutions just like undergrad uh, organizations do. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted that picture. So that way anybody listening that's thinking about starting their own student org or realizes, you know, there's there's a gap that's missing at our campus or at different campuses at UF or anybody that listens that doesn't go to UF. So they that way they can kind of have an idea of the process to go through. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, I just want to shout out Dr. Vaz Mediano real quick. I don't even know if she'll ever hear this, but probably um, not. <laughs> She is who we asked to be our faculty advisor mm-hmm. and she was on board from like day one. And she's actually the person who got us that letter of support from Nemours. Oh. And so she has just been like fundamental in kind of helping us, um, you know, get this organization on the ground. And um, she even is, has, you know, she just has so many connections to so many pharmacists. She has so many con- connections in research. She is already helping us. Uh, come up with event ideas for the end of this um, semester or early spring. And so, you know, like um, we, we wouldn't be an organization if we didn't have her. So I, she has just been amazing during this process. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know her too well, but um, I have spoken to her a couple of times and she seems like a great woman and a great pharmacist to definitely have kind of helping you organize everything and direct you with, with everything that's going on in PEDS. That's that's definitely her strong suit. Oh yeah. Um, what was I gonna? Say? I had a question, but then I forgot it. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I think that's my yeah. fault. No, you're good. This is where Sean comes in and usually says, <laughs> "We're so engaging." That's all. We just true. distract you with our stories. <laughs> that is true. Um. Oh yes. Okay. Uh. So when will this start, or has it started already? So we have technically started, but we will not be holding general body meetings um, until the spring. So we're like early in, J- in January. But what we have done is um, we have our we had our first interest meeting okay. um, earlier this month because we are actually in the process of forming our first e-board. Um, and so Emily ha- is our current president and I'm the vice president, but we now need to fill the rest. Too, but I didn't, I didn't want to like stir anything. If it hasn't been discussed. <laughs> I was going to be like, wait, is there two presidents or how's this going? But, all right, all right. No, yeah. yeah. Um, so now we need to fill the rest of our e-board and it's a little bit untraditional because usually you, and you elect um, an e-board in the spring. Um, but because of the the turnaround time and we are only an approved organization as of this fall, we will have to elect an e-board up until the spring and then elect a new e-board in the spring as well for the next um, school year. So, so far, that's kind of where we've gotten to. And then we will be holding our elections um, early December. And we're like very, very stoked about that. And mm-hmm. um, we can't wait because we know that there's a lot of really awesome students on our campus that are 
really interested in pediatrics and are really, you know, just itching to get involved. I mean, throughout the process, Emily and I had handful of students reaching out to us like if there's anything we can do to help you with your organization like please let us know you know people were were trying to help as much as they can I mean Emily and I (laughs) we got the work done so early on already Mm -hmm. but it was just awesome to see that people were that interested uh, wanting to get this organization to our campus yeah super exciting I still have people you know message me every other day at least saying like, hey, I kind of want to run for a position. Even one PDs, I had a one PD the other day mm-hmm. um, being like, hey, like, I don't know if I should run. Like, is it worth it? I'm like, yes. I always say yes. <laughs> always try. Even if you don't get it, like it's practice to run in the spring. But yeah. it's just, it's awesome. And, and a lot of people were not having, you know, really any pushback about having a position only for a semester because they then get to say, you know, I established this position. Like, yes, yeah. Sophie and I have already established roles that we're expecting Uh, each position to have. But, you know, you're coming in as the treasurer, you're the one setting up the bank account. So with that comes Mm -hmm. an entire skill set that you get to talk about in the future. So I think people see the value in these positions and being the one to um, help frame them. Yeah, and it's like, I'm just, I'm just sitting here. I have like the biggest smile on my face right now, because I'm super proud of both of you. And I feel like this is how the, the way you guys are make you ladies are making me feel is the way I probably make other people feel when it comes to the podcast. Because when people talk about the podcast to me and they feel like, oh, it's such an impressive thing to say, I'm like, I'm just doing what I like to do, what I love to do. Like, it doesn't seem like much to me, but it's like, it's so impressive to them and, and stuff like that. And they're just like, they have like the biggest smile and so much support and love. And I feel you guys are going through that too. So it's just making me super happy to see creators and people that are innovative, like like y'all, to go ahead and do something, stick with it, make it happen. And now you haven't even started yet, but you're already starting to kind of reap the benefits of creating the student org. So I think that's that's just incredible, honestly. I appreciate that, Joe. I know you specifically have kind of been with me through the beginning, because I know I had, I had talked to you about this, I think, when I was a first-year student. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's definitely a full-circle moment, especially you know, more, I think Emily and I, as we come to like the end of our pharmacy curriculum, almost, mm-hmm. um, we can then look back and say, like, look at what we did for this campus, yeah. like the contribution that we made, especially in the field that we're the most interested in. And so, you know, I think to hear from you that you're, you know, proud of me and proud of Emily, um, it's a good feeling. So thank you. You're welcome. And don't make me cry on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know how much I adore you. Um, Yeah, you're the only one asking questions. You can't cry. We need you. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I was going to say something. Uh, I have a horrible memory. Uh, Short-term memory is very poor. Um, Shoot. What was I going to ask? P. Sherman, 42 Albuway, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Disney. That's all I think before I have a laugh. That was a great movie. Finding Nemo. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't remember what I was going to say. But in all, um, you guys literally answered everything, all the questions I had. Did y'all have any questions for me? Or Sean? Um, Yeah, I guess. So... First off, I just think that what you do is incredible with this podcast. (laughs) Like, 
I have recently gotten into podcasts much more than I used to be um, for studying purposes too. Like that's super cool and in drive. And um, I, st- I go see my family periodically and they live in Brevard. So that's, you know, 50 minute drive that I, mm-hmm. I throw on a podcast. So I think that that's really awesome mm-hmm. to be able to have that sort of resource at our fingertips. Um, so when it comes to this passion and, you know, Sophie and I are already talking about the fact that we have this baby, you know, our Pediagator baby, um, (laughs) the Bennett family, if you will. The Bennett Bennett family. (laughs) The Bennett's. (laughs) Exactly. Um, that we know we're about to, you know, leave this legacy eventually to someone. Um, and especially with the fact that we're already going to be uh, electing a president elect come December, just because we, we do have that position. So it does need to be filled. So it seems so soon that we're going to be watching this baby fly in the hands of someone else. Um, when it comes to the fact that you're now a four PD, you and Sean are four PDs. Yeah. Um, what does that process look like for you guys? Are you looking for people who are going to be stepping into the role of the podcast or have you guys taken this on and you're going to grow with it and you're going to do it even when you're in you know residencies if that's what you're going to do or straight into your career and just meet up online one night what is your future for the podcast that you see happening that is that is is a great question and before I answer that what I was going to say and I forgot (laughs) was you kind of touched on it I was going to tell you tell you ladies that you they both of y'all just literally cemented a legacy that will forever be at UF. So I want you guys to be like super proud of that. Never forget that, like this feeling and just like always cherish it because anybody that goes through Pediagator and finds their passion, their career, it is thanks to you. So I think that's like, that's just super cool for you guys to just, to just be able to know inside. And um, you guys should like always try to like, you know, reach back out to everybody that's in Pediagator and keep in touch with all those people. I think that'd be super cool for you guys to like show up every now and then. And um, I mean, I just think that one day, I don't even know if this is going to happen, but like imagine Emily, like, like one day you and I come back to do a guest speaker thing at Pediagators. I think yeah. that would be like the most full circle moment. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. That would be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I haven't really thought that much about it. Like I haven't, you know, really processed that in my mind and you just saying that I feel so oh my gosh wow I know right yeah but um okay to answer your question Emily so we kind of <laughs> got into that that process already Sean and I had that discussion um I don't know where he stands if he would want to continue this during residency because of time you know um there's been some people that were part of the podcast team and because of time they haven't continued with us just because they didn't feel they could give enough time and effort, which isn't a problem at all. It's perfectly understandable. So I don't know how Sean feels about that per se. When we first talked about it, he seemed like he was interested in continuing on continuing on while we're doing a residency or our career, whatever, whatever we end up doing. But I don't know if that's changed for him. For me, I would love to continue to grow with it. Um, I'm not willing to to give up the baby. But I am trying to incorporate younger people. So um, I've reached out to a couple, two PDs, so Alvin and Rachel, and they've kind of helped as far as our social media content. And I kind of worked them in through that. And then whether or not they're interested in interviews, I know Alvin 
is kind of hesitant. Hopefully he doesn't mind me saying this, but, but which is perfectly fine because not everybody needs to be on the camera. Like he could learn how to edit and be part of the editing process. You know, like he can keep running social media and, and doing other stuff. He doesn't have to be a voice, you know. Um, I think Rachel definitely has interest in being a voice. And if she doesn't, I'm kind of trying to nudge her <laughs> in that way <laughs> to kind of do interviews. And so actually next season, um, she should be she should be on a couple of interviews with me or with Sean, kind of um, warming her up to the idea of getting her comfortable to interview people. And if there's any one PDs that are interested, definitely feel free to reach out to us. Um, we love help. <laughs> uh, any help yeah. is, is always want, is always desired, always wanted. And it helps us to create great content. And also being, keeping everything up to date, you know, when it comes to, you know, first year students are gonna have the most recent information. So if there's something that happened that maybe we post about this year, and in a year or two, the guidelines for that change, and we don't, we forget about that post or something like that. Maybe they'll catch that, and they can go ahead and just edit the post, um, or they'll repost it for us or something like that. But yeah, so that's my answer is me. I would like to continue to grow with it, and even if I'm not hands on with the interviews, the editing, and the social media content, I would still like to be involved somehow in, in some capacity. Um, but I think it would be the in its best interest for the podcast to kind of have either a second year student, third year student, first year student kind of help help us out and interview any new professors that come in or any new um, topics or ideas that, that are kind of coming, coming about that they could go ahead and handle and tackle for us because residency life will, uh, residency will work. <laughs> it'll be tough. It'll be tough to kind of continue it. Mm-hmm. But it's doable. It's doable if you're willing. And I'm I'm more than willing. So I know it'll be doable. I just don't know if it'll be as consistent as it is right now where we're dropping every week. I can't guarantee that. It might be every two weeks, maybe every three weeks. I can't guarantee how consistent um I would be if it was just me continuing it on. So that's why I feel like it's it's best to have other people come in and definitely help us out with that. And both of you as well, if if either of you have any interest, feel free to, you know, we can talk off air about it and um well fun fact i actually plug the capsule podcast every single really? month at the student council meetings mm-hmm. oh, i still have okay. my slide for it yes thank you emily you are <laughs> you know you know what's interesting is that um i don't know who listens to us and i wish they would like message me because i'm slowly starting to find out people now that listen to us because like Somebody messaged me. They're like, oh, I'm plugging your podcast for a while. I was like, wait, you listen to us? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> how come you never told me this? They're like, yeah, I listen to every episode. I was like, oh, because it's like we see the numbers, but we don't know who listens. And I found out um, two listeners so far. So um, I listen. Well, that's three. <laughs> so three. <laughs> no, I, it, I mean, the, yeah, no. some of the podcasts have recently actually have been very helpful, especially in um in terms of rotation ranking. Mm-hmm. And I know you and I had talked about that before too. And so yeah. um, even the one where you and, and Sean, I think it was just the two of you, you sat down and you talked about the current rotations that you guys are in and what you guys are doing mm-hmm. um, is super helpful as well, because those are things that Emily and I and all the other students in our class will be doing yeah. in less than a year. And, and so it was really helpful to have that information because we didn't have a lot going into this process. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to know because if you don't know an upperclassman, you won't really know anything about that site. 
and it's important mm-hmm. for you to know the culture and y'all y'all know me so I'm always honest so um you'll know the culture you know what I'm telling you is the absolute truth so if I'm telling you you're going to be working hard at this place you will be working hard but Mm -hmm. it it will be worth it you know if I'm telling you that hey like this place was just fun then it was just a fun environment if I didn't enjoy it I'll say I don't enjoy it um Mm -hmm. but luckily for me I've enjoyed all my rotations but it's something that that actually Sophie you kind of inspired because we had a conversation um about your rotations and I was like huh I wonder how many other people were interested in this so thank you for for inspiring those like recap episodes and um how to select your rotations based on what you're trying to do whether residency fellowship um or if you want to work straight out of school um well thank you guys for making it yeah of course of course and same thing with the residency (laughs) thing it's like you know with us a lot of us are trying to go through residency so it's like why not reach out to people that have done it who did a great job and see what they think. So it's, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For mothers is so important when it comes to deciding what you want to do. I mean, just with, um, trying to figure out where I wanted to place myself within pediatrics in the future. And just knowing that also I, I have wanted pediatrics for so long, but I'm not ignorant of the fact that I could absolutely fall in love with something adult Um, so like just wanting to do a general adult PGY1 and then potentially the more specific PGY2 in pediatrics and just having the honest conversation with, um, two different mentors, students who are in their rotations currently, students who are in their residencies currently in pediatrics, Mm -hmm. not in pediatrics. It's just so important to get all those pieces of wisdom and information when you can, because they're so valuable. Yeah. And that's, uh. And that's something else to even consider too is um I, I don't know about PGY like PGY ones that are PED specific. I don't know like much about there's that. Not I many. Think, go ahead. I just said there's not very many, so it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if there's a lot or how um how specific it is to that, but I think that's one of the beauties of a PGY one, because you can get your time with PEDs and you could probably select multiple PEDS rotations if you just do a a more general one and then also be able to get your experience with the adults and figure out you know what you like or your rotations can kind of do that like if you would have told me I had an interest in transitions of care in my third year I would have laughed at you because I'd be like for what (laughs) but but, like (laughs) my time (laughs) but yeah like like my time in rotations I was like wow transitions of care is a lot of fun so that's something I found that's like a new passion of mine so you honestly really never know um what could happen in even if you do find you like adults, you know, you don't have to work in peds your whole life. You could maybe start out in peds and go to adults for a little and then switch transition to adults whenever you, um, you want to. There's a lot of flexibility. Yeah, just to kind of piggyback. No, sorry. No, you're good. Um, just to piggyback off what Emily was saying, because I too have been thinking about going the PGY1 um, adult route and then maybe something specialized in PGY2 for peds. Because I think for anybody listening to, and this might be something to consider, is that almost all, if not all, of pediatric dosing and knowledge is based on adult knowledge. And so having that fundamental knowledge of how to take care of adult patients can only help you uh, in terms of caring for pediatric patients as well. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of, I don't know if that's Emily's thought process um, in a PGY1. I'm sure it probably is. Um, but that's kind of mine. Yeah. 
No, totally true. And I actually have two very specific examples of exactly what Sophie is talking about after I got to talk to, um, she's in her PGY2 pediatrics right now, but she did a PGY1 in adult. Um, and so she gave me two specific examples of where, uh, for example, you know, a lot of pediatric dosing is weight-based. And so they were dosing a teenager on amiodarone and they gave him 15 or like they originally were putting in the order for 15. And she goes, you know, adult amiodarone max dose is 10, you know, and because she was in adult and because she saw that number, she knew that that was the max dose. And that at that point you stop working with the math. Yeah. Um, and so she was able to catch things like that. And then also apparently there was a patient who was just not responding to vancomycin. And so she went, Oh, DAPTO. And, you know, kind of other people on the team were a little bit weary because they, they don't work with DAPTO as often, but she, because of working with adults was comfortable with the dosing. And so um, she was kind of able to, to help uh, put in that order for the patient and, and make the difference that way. So that's definitely, definitely another thing to think about. And then the last part of it that I feel is important to recognize is pediatric hospitals I mean, they're kind of few and far between in comparison to adult hospitals. So if you're not able to get a job in pediatrics right away, having the adult PGY-1 mm -hmm. opens up more doors for you. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I love that how wise both of you are. Definitely, like, I want to say beyond your years, but I mean, we're all adults. <laughs> so I guess, <laughs> I guess it's wise. Uh, um, but yeah, like, definitely very wise great advice too and i would love whether it's me or whoever else is taking care of the pod um i think it'd be awesome if we could you know in a year's time kind of see where you guys are at as far as like uh careers what you're thinking if you're still thinking peds i think it'd be kind of cool maybe to have um some people that we interviewed and kind of have our audience as our audience grows they kind of grow with you on your journey as well i think that'd be kind of cool to do so hopefully yes um, you ladies will be willing to do this again around uh, next year. I would um, love to come back. Any any other questions? It'll be like a class. Heck yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 it would. Um, any other questions? No, I think um just a thank you, Joven, to you for having us. Um I know this is like probably not the most interesting topic for everybody to hear about, but this is like something that's very near and dear to Emily well, not, and not I. And so to your interest if you guys had like a hundred something but yeah it means a lot to emily and i and so thank you for having us and letting us uh letting us share kind of our pediagator story yeah thank you so much joven we really appreciate it and you know even if people listening aren't thinking that they want to go into pediatrics if you're working ever in a small hospital that doesn't immediately have a pediatric er attached you might be seeing pediatric patients so it really behooves everyone to know a little bit about pediatrics True. yeah agreed and now you're making me feel like i have to spend some time in peds so uh, <laughs> yeah, no you're right you're right you're right i need to get i need to work on that Work on my pediatric skills <laughs> and um that's important so thank you again for coming on uh what is the best way for people to get in contact with y'all um for anybody that's listening that wants to reach out to any one of you oh yeah um, I so mean... for... oh, go ahead sorry. i think i i'm sorry my sound has been delayed i feel like this whole time so i apologize for any <laughs> no you're good go ahead <laughs> 
Um, so I wish I could say something really nice and professional like LinkedIn, but I don't check that <laughs> enough right now. So don't, if you find me on LinkedIn, that's great, but you should find my email instead. So, um, if anyone wants to contact me, my email is, um, Emily, you know, regular spelling of Emily N as in, uh, Nancy and then Bennett. Bennett is B E N N E T T, which is the same way Sophie spells it, two N's, two T's. Um, so Emily N. Bennett at ufl.edu is the best way for, for me to get to you. I check it multiple times a day. Okay. And I'll also include that into like our show notes. So that way, um, anybody that's, that's listening can also just have easy access to your email. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's much better than me. having to spell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same for me. First name, last name at ufl.edu. And LinkedIn or Facebook is even fine for me, you know, wherever you can find me if you want to talk um, down for, for that as well. Awesome. And then guys, you already know, um, feel free to follow us on Instagram. If you don't already capsule production, um, that's where you'll find us. And on there, we have a link tree. So you can find my personal Instagram, my Facebook, Sean's Facebook, also my LinkedIn, Sean's Facebook, Sean's Instagram, uh, Rachel's Instagram, I believe is also on there. So is Alvin. So is Brandon. So is Jeff. Um, like their LinkedIn's and, and Instagrams and whatnot. So if there's anybody you want to get in contact, please feel free to just send us a friend request, message us, and we'll love to talk to you. Um, so yeah, that's basically it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you again, Sophie and Emily. It's been a pleasure to sit down with the Bennett's, no relation, but <laughs> are sharing one baby at this time. So <laughs> Gator is their baby. Um, super, super proud of these two individuals and look forward to seeing what Pia Gator becomes. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thanks, Sherman.